Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of L2M Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. We're here today with Catherine Ulrich, President and Executive Recruiter of Catherine Ulrich Associates. She's the author of the award-winning book, Getting to the Top, Strategies for Career Success. Her firm, Ulrich Associates, specializes in recruiting VPs of marketing, product management, sales, and consulting roles for technology and services companies. She also serves as Director of Alumni Career Services at the UCLA Anderson School of Management, where she provides programs, coaching, and resources for alumni to manage professional success. She's got a passion for helping people with career advancement, and we're very excited to have Catherine here with us today. Thanks for having me on, Linda. Great. Now, Catherine, tell us a little bit about your book, Getting to the Top, Strategies for Career Success, which I've had the opportunity to look through, and it looks great. What is the message you wrote about it, and how did you just come to writing this book? So let me tell you the story. I actually started it with some career development programs called Getting to the Top that I did with both UCLA Anderson School of Management and Stanford GSB. And these were programs where I pulled together panels of executives by functional area and not talking about the function and, and, or the industry, but of talking about their careers. So it would be a panel of VPs of marketing, of VPs of product management, of VPs of PR and corporate communications, sales, CEO, you get the picture. Uh And and I'd pull them together, and they would share their stories. How did they get to the VP level? What skills did they need? And I would walk away from those programs going, wow, that was great. I'm learning. And even after doing 20 programs, I was still learning from these executives. So I said, I've got to write a book. And so that's how it came to be. I I wanted to capture these stories so that other people could learn about what does it take to get to the top if becoming VP is what you want to do. What are the career paths that people took and what are the skills that you need to have to get there? And it's using these amazing stories of what people are sharing. So it's not just what we learn in business school, but it's also the kind of practical, realistic, here's how people did it in the trenches. That's great. That's good to know. And, and one of the things I noticed in your book, you talk a lot about people wanting to or needing to define their own career success. What do you mean by this? How do you define your own career success? It, well, I think a lot of people, as they're coming out of school, think, oh, I need to be that, and they name something, some high title. It might be CEO or VP of marketing. But what I've learned is people have their own definitions of success. So it may be that somebody at some stage in their career wants flexibility or needs to be working for a corporation so that they have benefits. And so I've learned, you know, a lot of times it's, it's women that I see in marketing. Some, some people get to that VP of marketing. Um, and, but think about the pyramid for VP of marketing. There's only one role at the top. So there's a lot of talented people, especially here in Silicon Valley, where a lot of talented people but not enough roles for them. So they've got to figure out what else do I want to be doing. So some people become consultants, such as yourself, with a lot of other services. Um, and other people you know, decide, I'm okay with a director-level title. I'm good at this, and this is what I want to be doing. Um, and I have seen women, as I was mentioning, that they've, they've traded 
you know, maybe they earlier had aspirations to be a VP, but they're really happy with the group they're at because they do get flexibility for their family. Or they're able to keep their head down and the VP keeps turning over, well, they've got a director-level title and they need to keep that because of benefits. So I've seen people redefine what career success means based on where they are in their life. And I think it's important that people start with what's that goal? What, what do you want to be doing? And, and what is it today? And what's it going to be in the future? I think you're absolutely right. And I know personally uh, what success was for me was very different depending, again, on where I was in my life, with my family, with my goals, and, and what I wanted to do. So that's, that's very important. Um, and and I, it, one of the things that I liked about reading your book was how focused it was on marketing careers and marketing paths. A lot of times we, we look at uh, career success and it's just generic, but you really focused on career paths to the top of marketing, and I know you did original research. Can you share some of the things that you learned specifically about marketing careers to the top? Uh, yes, I did start this program actually with a VP of marketing, so we, we focused our original programs on all different kinds of marketing and sales types of careers. And so you'll see that the book is heavily influenced by that. And when I went through VPs of marketing, I, I took, when I see a panel of executives, I'd say, wow, that person comes from this kind of a background and that kind of a background. And I started seeing kind of the, mm, the patterns of the backgrounds they were coming from because you know, by this time I'd have four or five panels of VPs of marketing. And so I, I put that, my hypothesis to a test and went through – hundreds and thousands of resumes in my database for executive search to look at did that hold true and what backgrounds do people come from. Um, and what I found is that about a third of the VPs of marketing came from marketing. That would be obvious. You'd think they'd be coming up from various disciplines of marketing, whether right. it was lead gen, corporate communications, you know, any kind of marketing background. I found that about a quarter of the people – came from what I define as domain expertise. So they'd always been in, maybe it's a vertical industry, like they'd always been in healthcare or life sciences or software. And even more defined, it could be software business intelligence or software enterprise, software as a service. Um, it is some sort of domain. I also got domains where they specialized in a, a type of customer segment, not just um, the industry, but it could be small or medium business. So it was some sort of domain that they kept getting hired because they had an expertise. Um, I remember doing one search that it was a VP of product management, and I need an evangelist in EAI, and I can't even remember what EAI is today. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Uh, middleware, if you will. And I found somebody who had a domain in that who was like the industry, industry guru that would creating Gartner quadrants around the next you know, generation of feature sets, and that's what this company was looking for. And, and I thought that that would be career-limiting, but I actually found that people who did it well and the domain was not becoming obsolete did very well in their career. So actually narrower worked better than broader, and I think we see that in this market. So domain expertise was about a quarter of the VPs of marketing. 15% came from strategic or analytical backgrounds. So think of these as strategy consulting, investment banking, finance type of roles where they're very analytical. 
And I realize, and, and you know this, that marketing has become very, very strategic, analytical. Yes, and, absolutely. Um, and so these people do really well. They go into meetings and say, well, the data says this, and everybody stops and listens to them. The, the next category, rounding out at the kind of 15, 14, 13% is strategic, then cross-functional. I think you can see that people can go across not just across marketing and sales, because 13% come from sales, but they can also go across other functions. And maybe it is into finance. Maybe it's um, across into IT or engineering or into service. And so they have this kind of multifunctional uh, background. Um, a couple standout examples of that, um, there was a, a Denise Peck is a VP of marketing at Cisco. And she had been asked early in her career to move into investor relations, which typically sits over in finance. And she said, I don't know anything about finance. But she was, and this is the group that I call it markets to Wall Street, you know, the communications right. around Absolutely. how well the company's doing. She took standard marketing disciplines and applied it to investor relations, which, you know, legitimately made their pro stock price go up because they were doing a better job of communicating how they did. Well, that gets you a lot of good press along the executive team internally. You know, you build up your political capital. She also moved into IT, and she came from Sun and Cisco. So the customers for Sun and Cisco were IT departments. She knew nothing about technology, but she went to work in IT. So she was, I call it, eating, drinking, living, having lunch with the IT department every day, understanding what they complained about and, and what their issues were on a daily basis so that when she moved back into marketing, she knew better how to reach the IT departments that she was marketing to. And so all of those kind of cross-functional moves help you out when you're in, you know, in a position like marketing. So it's not just coming up through marketing like you'd expect, but you could have this analytical background, cross-functional, domain expertise, and I liken that to thinking about your strategy going forward. If you're coming up through marketing, you're either going to have to surround yourself with analytical people or learn it yourself. You may be competing against people who are very analytical or who have better domain experience. So how do you position yourself against those people or learning knowing that you don't have that kind of a background? So it's a way to strategically think about what you're bringing to this VP of marketing role and, and what you might have to either add or surround yourself with. And that makes a lot of sense. And, and I talk about people marketing themselves as a product, and they really are the brand. And you have to look at the set of, of features and benefits that you have and decide where you want to position yourself with what you bring to the table. Exactly. And, and, some com and some companies may not make sense for you because they need an analytical marketing executive. And if you're not an analytical marketing executive, that might not work out. Right, absolutely. And so you need to take your strengths and really build upon those and either uh, compensate for areas that you're not as strong or focus in areas where you can really leverage your strengths. So speaking of your strengths, what would you say are some of the skills that leaders at the top, particularly in marketing, need to have to be successful? So I actually went across all of the 30, 40 different panels and looked at what all the executives were saying. And some of the things came out as what we'd learn in typical business school, but the others are because of this kind of practical view of what they said. 
So the five areas that I found were, one, strategic vision. So you need to be able to set the, the vision for the company, the product, your team, and make sure your whole team's in alignment with that and your vision is in alignment with the organization. So that one, you know, of course we expect that. The second one that I found is customer perspective. Now I did do a lot of research around marketing and sales, but what I found is the best people were always thinking about their customers. And these can both be your external customers or your internal customers. So how are you bringing that voice of the customer into what you're doing and thinking about that, you know, whether it's the vision of the company or your daily job, but thinking about that. And, um, and, and I would see that when I interview candidates, some would go through the process of, well, here's how I did that campaign. Others would talk about, well, the needs of the customer are, and this is how I addressed it. And there, was, there would be a big difference in how I would hear answers to questions based on if people had that customer perspective. And any time you can start bringing that in, you're, you're a step ahead. The third category is communications. And in the model, you'll see that this is by far the largest area of skills, and it becomes exponentially more important the further up you go in your career. And at the basis of it is how, am, how is what I'm communicating being perceived by others? And it's, it's communicating up, down, across the organization. It's listening. It's persuasion, negotiating, influence and a lot of those subtle communication skills. And it, you'd be surprised at all of the examples and all of the executives who would bring that up as the number one category. The fourth area is team leadership. And so team leadership starts with hiring an A team and, and goes all the way through you know, the motivating, empowering, um, uh, you know, um, delegating, and learning how to do that, and then firing the people that, that were the wrong people for the group. And then the fifth area, because I was doing this by functional area, I always found a distinguishing skill. So for the most part, as you move up, you first get rewarded for doing. So you're a good marketer, you're doing the press releases, you're doing the campaigns, you're rewarded for doing. As you move up, you get rewarded for leading the teams in those efforts. But there were some things that you, even though you're a leader, you need to distinguish yourself and still do them very well. For instance, um, VPs of business development who were negotiating billion-dollar contracts, there could be a lot of error in a billion-dollar contract, so you'd better be good at negotiating. I found that VPs of corporate communications when you're junior in your marketing careers, you're writing good press releases and knowing what makes a good article or press, um, press piece and what, what the media is looking for. When you get to be VP, they're looking for you to create a big story and how does this make big impact in the market. So you'd better be good at understanding what are the drivers that will move the market and how do you do that. So there, there are different distinguishing skills based on w what you're in. Now, that's really interesting because we do hear the, the typical, gee, you do it when you start out, and then you need to kind of move from being the doer to being the leader. Um, but what you're saying is, is to be successful in marketing, at least a good part of this is having, still having your, your hands in the mix, so to speak, and rolling up your sleeves and being able to 
um, to bring some of that expertise around marketing skills to the uh, to the team and, and show that you still you still got it, so to speak. You know, how do you guide your team and and lead your team to come up with the big story? Somebody's yep. got to have a vision for that. And how do you teach your team some of those things that make you know that that, that it's successful in marketing? So it's, it's sort of like the the baseball player who becomes the coach or the manager. Yeah, it you shows you how to make the swing and how, or how to make the pitch when when needed. Exactly, exactly. Good. Well, Catherine, I, I know one of the things that, that we hear a lot with marketing careers is that the tenure of a CMO, a chief marketing officer, can be as, as short as 18 months, which is kind of scary if you think about how long it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. When you talk to some of these marketing leaders, did they worry about that? Did they have strategies for staying longer and, and becoming more ingrained in an organization? What did you find out about that? I, I did ask a couple of the VPs of marketing, chief marketing officers, about their tenure. Those that were at companies for 10, 15, 20 years, I asked, how'd you do it? Uh-huh. And um, the answer I remember best is Melissa Deardall at Adobe. Yep. And what she said is she managed expectations. So what is it that marketing can deliver and what's not the responsibility of marketing? So really making sure that the company understood what we're going to be delivering and then and then showing that you are delivering that. But then also, you know, I think a lot of times the whole marketing department gets fired because sales didn't sell because the product wasn't there. That's not a responsibility of marketing. So, you know, this isn't Melissa talking. This is me. But, it, you know, how do you get across that, you know, this is what marketing can do with the product, with the sales that we've got, and this is what this will move and how we will make an impact on the company. Um, and today, I think even more so is in managing expectations, it's coming up with what are the metrics we're, mo- we're measuring to show that marketing return on investment. I heard that a lot during the presentations. That's great to know. Well, Captain, this has been very, very helpful, particularly uh, it, it's a subject that's near and dear to my heart in terms of helping to develop the right marketing competencies and helping to see marketing professionals succeed. Can you, can you give us just a, a quick kind of uh, closing comment about things you would tell our listeners for how they can develop their own plan to get to the top? Great. Um, in developing a plan, there's three ways that people learn. One is through experience. The second is exposure, your networks, and the third is through education. And by far, most of the learning and development comes from just doing it, getting the experience. And a lot of times that's difficult. And and think about the the, um, kind of mid-manager levels. I want to have P&L responsibility. It starts with just getting some sort of budget to begin with and managing a budget. Then you start, you know, dotted line responsibility for revenue. So now you can start saying, I've kind of had P&L responsibility. And that's how you get it, is just by doing it. And so as you're putting together a plan, think through what's my goal, what are the skills I want to do, and then how do I start developing it through experience, you know, um, you know, just doing it, volunteering for assignments, challenging assignments. Maybe it's taking a rotation overseas or doing that big, hairy project no one else wants to work on and getting exposure to the executive team. And then, you know, the second part in exposure is, are there mentors, role models, coaches? Are there people that I can reach out to that will help and guide me around this skill development and what I need to be doing? 
And then the third part is if you don't have the skills, you know, maybe you do need to take some classes, um, especially when it comes to if you're not analytical and you need to really understand the numbers or P&L, you know, take some intro to finance class so you can understand it. And then put together something so that you're working on specific things toward your goals of getting to the top. That's great. That's good to know. Experience, exposure, and it's not all education, but there may be some as well. So, Catherine, I want to thank you so much for sharing all this with us. And, you know, and we'd like to, um, to just let people know how you can find out more about Catherine's information. You can go to her website, www.ulrichassociates.com. That's spelled U-L-L-R-I-C-H associates.com. Or you can follow her on Twitter at Getting to the Top. Catherine, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Linda. Okay, this is Linda Popke for Marketing Thought Leadership, and we'll see you next time. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by L2M Associates. If you'd like to find out how you can improve the return on your investment in marketing programs, processes, or people, contact us at www.l2massociates.com.